And good afternoon, it's Michael, and we're now beginning our weekly class, our webinar in the Ageless Wisdom Mystery Schools. If you're not sure, perhaps you're new to this class or live event from Maui, Hawaii, uh, a mystery school is a way of referring to those sometimes called invisible colleges or the invisible college that have existed in all cultures and all societies from time out of mind. And the way in which people would be taught skills in how to learn, how to understand who they are, a lot of classes in meditation, again, all cultures and all societies, and the philosophies that stand above religion. Um, that's what a mystery school is, and that's what we're attempting to do here. To use contemporary language, what we're about is personal and spiritual development. As I mentioned just a few minutes ago, as we were waiting to begin at the top of the hour, uh, there are lots of us who would like to be on a spiritual path and think of ourselves as spiritually oriented. Uh, maybe we spend a lot of money at the Bodhi Tree and we've got all the right books on our shelves, but um, uh, there's something missing, and that's the persona development or the personal development work. And it's a little odd that you have to develop a sense of who you are as an ego, a persona, which means mask or personality, before you can actually climb the ladder and move above that identity to a higher sense of self as a spiritual being in form, as one who doesn't have a soul but who is a soul. And so that's part of the problem. You have to build the ladder in a sense. You can't go to college if you haven't done high school yet. And so we're bridge builders here. What we try to do is stand in both worlds and develop the nexus, the connection between a sense of self as a human being in flesh, in form, and apparently separated from all other separative forms, between that and a much more harmonious sense of self that is connected not only to every other human, but to all things. The reasons that we love our animals, and we love flowers, and we love beautiful days, and we love nature as well as each other. So that's our mission. Uh, let's, let's get started here on our topic of the day today, reflective communication. And again, if you're able to get your significant other, your spouse, husband, or wife uh, online with you, or maybe one of your parents or one of your kids, or or consider the replay and the fact that this is going to be available afterwards. This is real valuable stuff when it comes to our topic for the day, reflective communication. I call it the heart talk, and it is a skill that psychotherapists facilitate but rarely teach. And um, the better psychotherapists, I think, and social workers and spiritual counselors will not only facilitate but I think also teach people how to do this, um, just as if we were to use guided imagery and visualization, which we often do, best to teach people how to do that on their own and encourage them to teach others than try to hold on to power by saying, I'm the teacher, I'm the facilitator, you need to come back to me. 
So I'm going to teach you how to do a process that normally we're exposed to only if we go into some kind of counseling or therapy, and then it's facilitated by the therapist, but there's no reason that, that two people who love each other can't learn to do this heart talk or reflective communication when there's conflict or friction in a marriage without having to go to a therapist. I'm going to tell you right now that what follows is simple but not easy. And I'm serious about that. This is not a complex or difficult, well, it may be difficult. <laughs> Again, the paradox, it's simple, but it is not easy. And let's address that at the top. What I mean by that is to understand your feelings, to understand your emotions. While you're emotionally worked up is the challenge. We often compare emotions to water and consider if the water was boiling or bubbling or you just had some wind waves and chop on the water, you could not see into the water because of the disturbance of the water itself. Emotions are the same way. When we're emotionally disturbed, when we're stressed or worried or nervous or, or upset or hurt or maybe angry or filled with vengeance and, and feel like our life is on the line, you know, that's part of the problem that we get emotionally worked up. We think our survival is at stake, but this is not a matter of an enemy or any kind of threat, really. This is our spouse, this is our partner, this is mom, this is one of our children, this is dad, or you know, maybe some other family member. In marriage and family and romance, it's very easy for love to get turned around, so to speak, and to mirror itself as hurt and upset and anger, and we get so angry and so upset Ironically, because we love the person and care about this person, that each is granted to the other in a loving relationship access to emotional intimacy. If we're going to be open and receptive, to be vulnerable to all the best qualities of love, then we're going to find ourselves equally vulnerable to the hurt. Yet the skills we have in this regard, are limited pretty much to, if I'm going to win, you're going to have to lose. I'm going to have to, as a way of avoiding loss myself, defeat you. And so we take a win-lose model, like war, or at best sports, and lay it over uh, husband and wife, uh, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend or significant other, whatever that happens to be. Um, and the idea, we, we need to be clear on the fact that in this kind of primary romantic relationship, in marriage and romance in general, in, in family, if anybody loses, everybody loses. But here's the good news. You can win an argument with somebody that you love dearly by making sure they win as well. So what is our approach to moving from the traditional win-lose way of looking at things as if danger is involved to a higher understanding of what do I 
need to do or what can I do to make sure we both win. And the secret, the key principle, as I described it in the email you received on Friday, is acknowledgement. The, the challenge is how do we set ourselves up? How do we create a situation where we can acknowledge the other person's feelings? And, and that's why I say this may be a simple enough concept, but it's not easy because we've got to calm those waters. When we calm our own emotions, we can see into them and now we have something to share in this heart talk. So here's the distinguishing element. Most disagreements, most attempts to resolve conflict or win an argument have to do with the person asserting their point by denigrating the other one. So in an emotionally charged argument, what we do is go to the fight-or-flight response unconsciously and automatically we see our beloved the partner, the mate, the, the parent, or the child, uh, as some sort of enemy. And we have to defeat them. It's almost like nuclear war, where there's no real defense against nuclear bombs, so the only thing you can do is strike first offensively. And it is offensive, the way most people argue in marriage, because they don't have the skills. You'll have them by the end of this hour today. Practicing them will, of course, be the challenge. So here's the typical argument. You are the one that you always, you never, you, uh, and then there was that time in the past when you, you see how all of our sentences are starting with you and may even be accompanied by some finger pointing. And as soon as you pause to take a breath, it's likely that the other person is going to jump in and do exactly the same thing. Wait a minute. Aren't you the one that said that you felt that you did this and do you, do you not remember that you did this and you did that? So what we have is a situation where each person is taking responsibility for explaining the other person to them. So I'm going to tell you about you and you're going to tell me about me, and we don't know about each other. The whole point is we're having this conflict or this friction because we don't understand the other person's point of view. We think they're wrong. We believe or feel as if they're uh, not only different but opposite. Remember we've talked in the past about the fight-or-flight response and how people tend to think in all this or all that, black or white, either or, everything or nothing terms. So this is the typical argument, and it escalates and it spirals. It's like a tornado, you know, cold air meets hot air, and it just spins violently and can do a lot of damage. And after enough time of this in a relationship, things get said in anger that are not really meant and yet are very difficult to forget. And there comes a point in many, many, many relationships where so much verbal damage has been done that just can't be forgotten that uh, it's almost too late. 
you know, you go to a therapist at that time, and I've done lots of couples counseling in my life, and sometimes you can see in the very first session and and, and have to say, you know, you might want to go to somebody else because it seems to me that this just may be irreconcilable. I'm not sure that uh, we can undo the damage, that uh, we can, you know, like Pandora's box, get all this stuff back into the box. I was going to say the genie in the bottle, but that's sort of a good thing. <laughs> you can't unfire the gun. How about that? You know, you can't retract it. It's too late. You've already said it. And, uh, you know, forgiveness is a wonderful thing, and it really works. It really helps. I'm just saying that in many marriages, by the time this kind of information is sought out in counseling or reading books or classes like this, Sometimes it's just too late to unring the bell. There is the allegory I was looking for. <laughs> the damage has been done. You know how are you going to fix it at this point? Well, hopefully, all of you are in relationships that uh, have not gotten to that point, and there's still plenty of opportunity for forgiveness and understanding. And boy, listen to those words: love and understanding, forgiveness. Uh, this really is the antidote. But we need to find a better way to argue verbally than starting all of our sentence with you and talking about the other person. Um, it's like if we're both bad drivers, and I keep telling you what a bad driver you are, but I don't want to talk about my driving, and so you feel the need to tell me what a bad driver I am, but you're not willing to learn anything about your driving <clears throat> the the problem is that if we're the ones that are driving then we should be responsible for listening to input from the other person perhaps and learning or maybe deciding to disagree with their input but the alternative to an argument in which Virtually every sentence is you're the one who, and you always, and you never, to go to I feel statements. I feel this, and I feel that. And when this happened, I felt. And <clears throat> sometimes when this goes on, and I hear this, then I feel. Well, now, what, this is a very different situation. And it's really that simple except that most people don't have much to say when it comes to I feel because they haven't done the reflection and haven't gained the insight necessary to have anything to communicate. Okay, So instead of, uh, let me just take an example, you're a nasty blankety blank and you don't care about me and you did this, and, and that made me feel this way, and then what am I to think because you, 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 you. If instead you were able to say something like, ow, that hurts me, I feel discounted and demeaned, I feel lonely, I feel abandoned. I feel separated. I'm feeling sort of betrayed here. How do you argue with somebody who is making I feel 
statements. How can you argue with their feelings? I know people do, but it sounds crazy. It sounds like this. It sounds like, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Or you're wrong to feel that way. Now you're just feeding the fire. You're, <laughs> you're stoking the flames, right? Here you have an opening, and <clears throat> you're just uh, throwing more fuel on the fire. Now, there's a slippery slope here. There's a little... <laughs> this is why I say it's simple but not easy. There, There is an added element here that we have to be very, very careful of. It has, well, it just has to do with language and the way we talk. I feel followed by a judgment. I feel followed by a thought that is objective, is not a feeling. I feel has to be followed by something personal. It has to be I feel something about me, not I feel that you are. Do you understand? So just to put I feel in front of a judgment about another person does not make it a feeling. Some of you may have heard me tell a story, and I'll tell it as a case study and protect the confidentiality of these clients, but this goes back like 25 years or more. It was just so classic the way it came down that I've remembered it ever since and told it several times. And I had a couple come to me, and in those days, I had a really big sofa, a really long sofa, and they sat, as couples sometimes do, often do when they're arguing and upset and hurting, at opposite ends of the sofa. They couldn't have gotten farther away. And after some intake and listening to each side and wanting to help them with this particular conflict to resolve that, but also with the larger sense of how how we can get heard and understood, how we, how we can use acknowledgement in a really elegant way to build upon this kind of conflict and, and friction, lift it from, from heat to light, so to speak, because the friction itself, the conflict isn't bad, it's our inelegance that needs to be refined and improved upon. So I said to the woman, to the wife, I said, turn, face your husband, and tell him how you feel right now. And she twisted a little bit at her end of the sofa and faced her husband at the other end and said, well, I feel very angry, and I'm hurt, and I feel betrayed, um, deceived, um, abandoned, and uh, just plain confused. And by the way, when you don't know how you feel, you can always say, I feel confused. And then I turned to the husband, and I said, <clears throat> would you play that back? He said, what do you mean? I said, this is the reflective part, the heart and soul of why this works. And he said, yeah, I think I can do that. Um, if I understand you, you're saying that you feel and he went through the whole list, angry and hurt and lonely and betrayed and deceived and lied to. But, um, he objected a couple of times to that because he said, these are not my feelings. I said, I know they're not your feelings. I'm asking you to reflect to your wife what you heard her say. This is reflective.
effective communication. This is the heart talk. This is the secret so that your wife feels heard and understood. You see, we don't really want to win the argument. We just think we need to win the argument. The only way to do it is to make somebody we love dearly lose. And, of course, if, if either loses, then everybody loses. So, obviously, that's why we're looking for a better way. Well, then I turned to her when he finished, and I said, do you feel heard and understood? She said, yeah. I said, do you know he doesn't agree with you? She said, well, what does that mean? I said, well, he has his own feelings. And then he thinks the situation that led to your feelings here and your feelings there, he's got a very different take on that. But he's dedicating himself right now. He's putting all of that aside to tell you that he understands how you feel. Do you really need him to agree with you if you knew that he understood your feelings? And without hesitating, she had to admit that, yeah, all she really wanted was for somebody to say, I can understand how you'd feel that way. Isn't that what we want from somebody that we love in an argument? I mean, couldn't it even be preceded by, now remember, I don't really agree with you. I have my own thoughts and my own feelings on this. But I'm going to put that whole agenda down for just a second and dedicate myself to making sure you feel heard and understood. So you you listen without judgment, without comment, to a person that is coming from an I feel place. As long as they say, I feel this, and I feel that, or I felt this, and now I feel this, I feel is a critical part, then there's no reason to interrupt. Just shut up, listen. Try to understand, because your job is going to be to play it back. That's how you win. You make sure they win, don't you see? How do you receive uh, 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 any kind of particular benefit or gain in your life? You give it away first. How do you harvest in the fall? You have to plant or sow in the spring. right? You give away to your partner the understanding that you wish to receive. And it doesn't matter who goes first. There are benefits to going first. There are benefits to going second. You can take turns. <laughs> it doesn't really matter that much. Okay, so um, the wife makes the I feel statements. The husband listens without commenting, without judgment, as long as those statements are I feel. And then he plays it back without any regard to his side of the argument. His job is to make sure that the person that went first, in this case his wife, feels heard and understood. Got it? Now it's his turn. Now, the situation in reverse should have been pretty much the same. You know, uh, now it's his turn to make I feel statements, and they're going to be very different, even though relating to the same disagreement. And she is supposed to listen now, without judgment, without comment, and as long as the husband makes I feel statements, then she can repeat the process. And what he's done, say, well, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that you feel this way or you felt this way, and now you feel this way and you're feeling this and that. We're not talking about our thoughts because they're objective. They're always going to be about I think you are, I think you did. To go to feelings is to... It's the essence of subjectivity. That's where it's about you. Well, here's the slippery slope. 
this fellow turns to her and says, I feel you're a bitch. I feel you are nasty. I feel you are. And I said, stop right there. He said, what? <laughs> I said, you're just putting I feel in front of your standard argument. He said, what's wrong with that? I said, I feel you are. As soon as you go to you are, you've eliminated the feeling. You can't have a feeling about another person. Now, this is one of the most difficult. This is why it's simple but not easy. This is the concept that we have to work on in this sense and in all other senses. To take ownership or responsibility for the way we feel is the breakthrough. Now, a particular feeling that we take responsibility for, that we take ownership of, could be stimulated and usually is stimulated by another person or a group or a circumstance or an event that's outside of us. Yeah, that's the stimulus. But the emotional feeling is evoked from within. This is, it's imperative that you get this part. Okay. Somebody, let's say, says something and we describe it as, it made me angry. It made me feel this way. There's no such thing. They don't have that kind of power over you. They didn't make you feel. They stimulated a feeling that is your feeling. If I say the same nasty, hurtful insult to ten different people, not that I would, but hypothetically, if I said the same mean thing to ten different people, I would get ten different reactions. Don't you see? Because the emotion that I stimulated by my nasty, thoughtless, hurtful remark, the feeling is evoked from within the individual. It's subjective. So to talk about yourself, I feel, instead of you are, is very, very significant. Of course, you have to know what you feel. And in this case, this gentleman did not understand his feelings. He had no emotional intelligence. And so he said, I feel you are a bitch. Which, of course, just made her more angry. That's just more name-calling. And the fact that he put I feel in front of it didn't change a thing. So when we have long stories to tell, to try to explain our feelings... And they include, you are, and you did this, and you did that, and remember the time that you... You're just going to upset the person even more, because you're saying, I'm not interested in your version of it. I'm going to tell you my version of what you were doing, because I'm an expert on you, and I know you better than you do. And you're telling me about me, and I'm going to tell you about you, and that's why this stuff never works. And we have a 50% divorce rate, because... People don't have this simple, but nevertheless challenging skill. So I said to the husband, I feel you are a bitch is not a feeling. He said, but that's how I feel. I said, no, that's a judgment. Your feelings are always about you. You can't have a feeling about another person that isn't bound up in mostly evidence or a reflection of who you are if i feel i mean how would you know if i feel you are that's at best empathy and 
much more likely just to be a judgment. So he had a very difficult time with that, and his difficulty had to do with feeling his feelings, with being vulnerable enough to be in touch with his feelings and say, I, I started out by giving him a word. I said, you're obviously angry. Can you say, I feel angry? Instead of, I feel you made me angry, or I feel you are, and that's why I'm angry. Can you just say, I feel angry? He said, yeah. I said, can you say, I feel hurt? Ooh, that was hard for him. I feel hurt. Because men are supposed to be macho and, and tough and I'm in charge here, and if I huff, and if I puff, and if I make enough noise here, maybe I can blow your house down, and I don't have to worry about that silly argument of yours, and your silly emotions, and all of that. Hey, emotions in men and women are our internal guidance system, and we don't have a marriage, we don't have a healthy parent-child relationship in family if we're not willing to be vulnerable in front of them. You can't have love without vulnerability. That's what it is, okay, in the simplest sense. So be very, very careful as you practice and learn how to do what therapists call reflective communication, what I call and have always called the heart talk. The first principle is you have to speak from an I feel place, not a you are place. And the slippery slope is to be very careful that I feel you are. Uh, just ignore the I feel part. Okay, we just flipped it around again. Um, I feel you are a, when you call somebody a name. Or I feel you did this, and you describe an event. I feel um, is... Uh, eliminated and made irrelevant by what follows. You know, it's like saying, I feel I think you are. <laughs> I feel I think you are. Well, what is it? It's a thought. If it's about you are, or you did this, or you said, or you're the one who, or you always, or you never, it's mental. And that's what we've been doing. And again, that's why there's a 50% divorce rate. But if you come from feelings, that's personal, it's intimate, emotions are the essence of subjectivity, and your goal is not to win, your goal is not to make the other person lose, your goal primarily is to help your partner, the person that you're having the conflict with or the disagreement with, feel heard and understood, feel that you care. They, I swear... Unless you've got somebody that's just really, really simple-minded, and I, I think virtually everybody is capable of of rising above uh, feeling victims of their emotions and and really feeling the benefits of knowing that your partner hears you and understands you and is acknowledging that understanding. At the same time, they continue to disagree. When we go to feelings, what are the chances that we're going to agree? I mean, didn't we fall in love in the first place and create this relationship because this person was so unique and so special and so different and you're not like me. You're like me in many ways, but, you know, 
nobody, I think, is looking for a partner that's exactly like them. We want to share certain things, but we also want interest and diversity and uniqueness. And my goodness, what you bring to this marriage is so different from anything I've ever had before. Well, then let's celebrate those differences through the way we feel uh, when we experience those differences. Okay, and then, again, I'll ask the question this way. If your partner could and was willing to reflect to you your emotional feelings, and you, after after saying, I feel this way, and I feel this way, and I feel this way, they're able to say, well, remember now, I don't agree with any of this. These are not my feelings, but if I hear you, you're saying you feel da-da-da-da-da-da. And they got it. They nailed it. They really do understand your feelings. And you go, oh, wow, I really feel heard and understood. Do you really care if they agree with you? You thought you wanted agreement. You thought you needed to win. You thought they were going to have to lose in order for you to win so that you could get this agreement that you were right and they, of course, are totally wrong because they're different and a highly stressed emotional mind sees things as everything or nothing, all black, all white, all either or. (laughs) Okay. This is the way out. These feeling statements and the heart talk, the reflective communication, allow you to be able to say to your partner, well, well, I don't agree with any of this, but hold on, that's not the point. The point is, now that you've expressed yourself clearly and calmly, we've agreed to these rules, I can play that back for you. It's a very different reality. I'm really sort of surprised here, but if I understand you, you're saying you feel this way and this way and this way and this way. It blows my mind, but I believe you, and I feel, and, and, and I hear that you're saying you feel this way. That's all we want. Oh, wow, good, cool. You can think whatever you want as long as you understand how I feel. Badoom, bingo, bright lights, bells, whistles. You won. (laughs) You won. That's all you wanted was to be understood. You don't need agreement. Uh, Some of you taking notes, write that down. When I want to win an argument, remember, I really don't want to win anything. Then my partner would lose, and then the relationship would suffer. Winning somebody that I love has got to be a very different concept here. It's got to be a win-win situation. And the way to do that is with these I feel statements that are heard, played back, acknowledged, I can understand how you'd feel that way. Listen, my friends, to the power in that phrase. I can understand how you'd feel that way. And doesn't it bring up an interest then, once you feel that acknowledgement, you feel heard and understood, doesn't that bring up a desire to want to repay the favor, to acknowledge your partner's feelings, given how different they are, that, that, that the friction and conflict that, that came out of this can be resolved simply by this quality of understanding, not agreeing. Have you ever heard the phrase, would you rather be right or would you rather understand? It begs the question of understand who? Understand the other person? Yeah. 
But how about understand yourself? Understanding the self is what's missing in the standard you are argument. And you always and you never, the mental arguments where we try to win something by defeating the person that we love dearly. Okay, I want to remind you that unless you're listening on the telephone or listening by replay after the fact, if you're on the web now live on this Sunday afternoon, use that Ask Your Question link, type one in, and uh, I'll begin to respond to them here. Let me see if we have any coming in yet. Um, and then uh, we can go a little bit uh, deeper into this whole concept. <laughs> so let's see who we have here. Mostly just folks saying hi. Um, John in Pittsburgh is saying hi, and Carol in La Habra is saying hi. She says hi to Doreen, too. I'm sure John does also. And uh, here's an old friend from Huntington Beach, Lorelei. Great to hear your voice again, Michael. And love to you. Thank you, Lorelei. He's a listener for many, many years. <clears throat> also in Pittsburgh, Marcy. Hello, Marcy. Larry Larson in Santa Monica just saying hi. And I really appreciate that. It's nice to know you're out there. So uh, getting this new system down, too, figuring out what I, what I need to learn on this this new system. So if you have a question along these lines about reflective communication, about the hard talk, something specific, uh, type it in, click on Ask Your Question in the upper left. I think that's what it says. I'm looking at a different screen. In this new layout, this new system, you click on Ask Your Question, and then the box opens up. Type in your question. A first name in a city is always nice. And uh, a question or a comment, for that matter, hit the Submit button, and uh, I'll be able to see it. <clears throat> then we'll talk more about this whole concept. Okay. Again, simple, but gosh, it is not easy to do. Oh, Brett comes on in Glendale. Hello, Brett. Nice to hear from you, too. Okay, let me do a quick count. I'm curious to see. Again, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are, but I can get a count on the web. Okay, good. We have quite a few people on the telephone today, too. Remember, we're simulcast every week, and uh, that means you have your choice. You can listen on the telephone. That means if you've got to go someplace, you can listen on your uh, cell phone. Use your headset or whatever. It's pretty handy. And, uh, of course, if you listen through the Internet itself by web, then you can submit the question. I always like to get email after the fact, too. So keep in mind my email address is, uh, I have several, but a good one for you to use, uh, excuse me, that's real easy to remember, is my initials and my name.com. So mb at michaelbenner.com. Anytime you want to shoot me some email, uh, I answer all my email. I uh, don't have so much of it that I can't answer it or have to hire people to answer it, so I read it and I respond to it. Long epistles I don't do, but I'll be happy to read yours. I read pretty well, and uh, we'll give you a response. Okay, mb at michaelbenner.com anytime in the future that you'd like to get a hold of me. And, of course, the telephone number, if you'd like to leave a voice message, you can do that, 
Same service I've had for years, 818-569-3017. Still an 818 number in the West Coast, 569-3017. You can do that any time of the day or night, 24-7. Leave me a message uh, about anything, about these events, about private telephone counseling, about the podcast Steve and I are doing every week called Finding Yourself in Paradise. Very cool podcast. And we're working on a major overhaul of our website in that regard, too. A whole bunch of really far-out new features have come online uh, with regard to the idea of a premium podcast. And that means a podcast that's not just an excerpt or a tease or a, or a means of marketing, as are most podcasts, which is why they're short and why they're free. But a premium podcast delivers real content. Ours are 50 to 60 minutes in length and include a guided imagery or visualization exercise. Uh, I, some of the best stuff Steve and I have ever done, uh, the two of us together in conversation about personal development and sometimes spiritual development things too, but very well grounded with a lot of practical, useful information, just like we're sharing here today. Hopefully you find this practical and useful. Again, I would like to share with you some resources. I'd like to give you some book titles. The problem is I don't know of any. Again, what I'm describing is a technique. It's called reflective communication. For 25 or 30 years, I've called it the heart talk. That, um, again, psychotherapists are taught this. Some social workers learn this in school, and they facilitate it, but they are loath to teach you how to do it because they want you to keep coming back. My feeling is I want you to understand how to facilitate it yourself so our arguments don't end with, well, I'm calling the therapist, right? Let's write some more big checks to the therapist. I believe in psychotherapy. I've been in psychotherapy a number of times in my life, and I always benefit from it. Uh, I encourage everybody to do it, uh, or some form of, like personally, my work is not as a psychotherapist, but as a teacher. And then there are the social workers, and then the spiritual counseling, there you know, the, the psychiatrist, psychologist, or psychotherapist should not corner the market on, on this kind of help. But I'm just saying that I think it's very important, and I know a lot of other people in the field have similar feelings, to encourage you to learn how to do these techniques yourself and share them with other people, that we can be ambassadors of peace, love, and understanding in our own lives. Come on, you guys. What are the chances that we're going to stop the nuclear arms race or the war in Iraq or the hostility that benefits the military-industrial complex in this country, the enormous profits that they're making? How can we stand down from war and injustice in this world if we go home and do it in the bedroom, in the living room, in the kitchen? If the people we love the most we battle with, you see, it's absurd. It's like talking about nuclear arms control, but I want my guns. You know, well, what are you going to do with the guns? I mean, you're still arming. You know, 85% of murders are between people that know each other. 
somebody being killed by a stranger in America is pretty rare. It's almost always a crime of passion. Not to get off onto a different subject, I'm just saying how can we have peace in the world if we don't have peace in our families? And how can we have peace in your family if you don't have peace in the understanding it brings in your heart? So consider that this is a political action, it's a social action, uh, as well as a, a, a personal action, to learn to use states of deep peace and tranquility, the alpha brainwave state, Stephen and I call it paradise, you might know it as Christ consciousness or the gap between the thoughts or just a place of inner peace to create the expanded insight and understanding necessary to have an I feel statement or a set of I feel statements to say in these heart talks, this reflective communication process. In other words, the only element that needs to be addressed is this point. I've really described the whole thing to you, and I'll, I'm going to check in a minute on your questions again, and I'll answer those. But the only thing we haven't got to is the preparation to have something to say. You have to know your feelings before you can say a series of I feel statements. And often the argument is supported by the fact that we don't know how we feel. We only know what the other person is doing to us. And that's why we make all these uh, confrontative, you are, and you did this, and you always, and you never, and you're the one, and you, and you, and you. Fine. Just makes things worse. Nobody ever won an argument. Steve likes to say, and I think he quotes, uh, my partner Steve quotes, as I remember, Bill Cosby and uh, saying, if you ever win an argument with your spouse or significant other, apologize immediately. <laughs> if you ever win, apologize immediately. Because it means you just defeated somebody. You just skewered, you know, uh, the person you sleep with or somebody whose love and respect and trust is very important to you. And you can't go hopscotching back and forth. So, They've got to be I feel statements. You've got to take turns doing this. Very few people. I suppose if you practiced this for months or years, you could get to a point where we could be perhaps more conversational in a back and forth of I feel statements. But as beginners, it's real important that you take turns. As I said about 15, 20 minutes ago, I don't think it matters that much who goes first. Because there's benefits to going first, there's benefits to going second. But make those I feel statements. Remember, I feel you are is not an I feel statement. You've just dressed up another judgment. It's not going to help at all. I feel you are a bitch is not a feeling. This fellow said, but that's how I feel. And I said, no, that's what you think. If you don't know the difference between thoughts and feelings, you're going to have a problem. By the way, I'd like to do that next week. I'd like to talk about the difference between thoughts and feelings. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about your feelings? What do you think about your thoughts? How do you feel about your thoughts? How do you feel about your feelings? Most of us are really ignorant in this area. Uh, again, we're, especially men, we're taught to dishonor our feelings. That a feeling makes you weak and stupid, and so you lose out on 
You don't know the self. You know other people. You judge other people. You've got lots of opinions of other people, but you don't know much about yourself. So in order to have something to say when it's your turn, I feel in this situation this way and I feel this way. And again, who can argue with a feeling? If your statements and your arguments are always, you are this and you did that, well, obviously, you're just going to promote more disagreement. You're not going to set them straight. You're coming from different realities. You're different people. You have different fingerprints and different DNA and are looking at entirely different movies. That's that's one way I've often said it over the years on the radio. Is It's like you, you, you go to a movie complex and... And I go into one movie, and you go down the hall into a whole different movie, and then we try to agree. We're watching different movies. (laughs) What are the chances we can agree on what we think of our objective judgments of the situation and the role that other people play? The only way we can arrive at any kind of real understanding is to talk about your experience from a feeling place. I feel. Okay? And again, I think is real risky territory because I think your thoughts are going to tend to be objective and about the other person. I feel, and then they can argue. Uh, They have a right to argue uh, because you're talking about them. But I feel is personal. Who could argue with, I feel lonely? Oh, don't feel lonely. Well, what do you mean I do? Well, you shouldn't feel lonely. Well, I do. (laughs) You know, you can't argue with a person's feelings, but you can acknowledge them and play them back. But only if you have some insight and understanding. So that's what we're going to do in our visualization exercise here today, is give you some insight about how to mm, come in touch with those feelings so that you have something to say. Now, I think it's important to take 10 or 15 minutes, maybe a half an hour or even an hour uh, to do this. And so as the pitch of an argument uh, increases, as we get more and more frustrated with each other and more disturbed that we're digging ourselves in deeper and really not making any headway, but quite the contrary, making a mess of things, the first person to get conscious uh, should ask for a timeout. Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of water here. I don't know why I said water. It's actually coffee. Sip of coffee. Thank you. <laughs> Time out. You know, even know the sign, right? One hand horizontal to the floor, the other one vertical. Time, like in basketball. Time. Time out. And if you have any kind of relationship, any kind of marriage, and have agreed to this stuff in advance, time out means time out. Stop. can't just use it to shut down the other person. You've got to both stop. Go to your corners like a couple of fighters. That may mean one person gets to go in the bedroom and lock the door. It might mean another person gets to jump in the car and go for a drive. You got to give them space to do that. Let them go and have their time. I had a relationship as a young man in my early twenties, where if I argued with my girlfriend and I got really frustrated and didn't know what else to do, I liked to get in the car and go for a drive, and then I'd come back in twenty or thirty minutes. Well, she she forbid it. She said, "If you leave now, don't bother coming back. Don't leave now." She wanted to talk about it right then. 
And that's not fair. You can't bully somebody like that. Let them go, for God's sake. If that's what they want to do, let them go. It's not uncommon for one one person, male or female, to say, "I want to do this now. I want to talk about this now. We're not gonna we're not gonna do anything until this gets settled. Let's do it now." And the other one has a right to say, perhaps, uh, "No, I'd rather do it later." Well, when? An hour from now, or maybe even the next day. Depends. You know, you're arguing at midnight. They say never go to bed upset, but if it's midnight, you may have to. Okay, make make the best peace you can. But take the time. Do a process like the one I'm about to guide you through, a visualization process where in a, ah, a meditative state of deep relaxation, all of these you are statements fall away. Most of these thoughts that we obsess on fall away. And with a little bit of practice, the emotions calm as well. Now we can see into the water, calm water we can see into and understand the emotions and have something to say. Don't judge the other person. Don't judge yourself. If you've got any kind of marriage or relationship with your parents or your kids or some other family member, somebody you really love and care about the outcome, could be a neighbor, somebody down the street, um, this process is invaluable, but you got to do you got to do all the rules. You got to take the time necessary to get some insight and just to share. I feel this way and I feel that way, so that the other person can acknowledge it, play it back, say something like, "I can understand how you'd feel that way," and then you reverse roles. Okay, and now the person who is listening for the purpose of acknowledging the other person's feelings, playing them back. I hear that you feel this way and this way. I can understand how you'd feel that way. They now get their turn. Okay? That's why I say there are some benefits to go first, some benefits to go in second. They get their turn to do the same thing, and the speaker now becomes the listener. Doesn't matter who started it. <laughs> the, the person that went first is now the listener, and their job, is without judgment to listen to these their partner's I feel statements so they can play those back and acknowledge those now you both feel heard and understood you still don't agree but there's no more conflict because you feel heard and understood you thought you wanted to win the argument you thought the other person needed to lose in order for that to happen now you understand all you want is to be understood this is so big. Write it down. Write it on the wall. <laughs> I thought I wanted to win. I just need to be understood. I just want to be understood. I don't care if once you understand me, you agree with all of it or none of it or a little bit of it. or I don't care whether you agree or not. I don't need you to agree. I want you to understand. Bingo. Bluey. <laughs> this is... Hey, gang, this changes lives. This saves marriages. This repairs estranged relationships between parents and their kids. Not all, again, it's simple, but not easy. And this visualization, relaxation part that we need to do before we sit down, the reason we ask for the timeout, this is the uh, 
This is the important part. Well, aside from the folks that have said hi, I'm checking here again, the people that I've already acknowledged who've checked in, I don't really have any questions or comments. By the way, we have a record uh, turnout. I haven't added up the numbers, but we have a real nice turnout today. I appreciate you guys coming for this. and I really think that uh, the personal development stuff is going to be more popular than the spiritual development stuff because of its practical applications. So uh, I'm not surprised, and we'll do a lot more of this again next week. I'd love to talk about the difference between thoughts and feelings. Maybe we'll spread that out over a couple of different classes. Okay, we're pretty much near the top of the hour. Let's take just a few more minutes, if you can stay with us and do a visualization exercise to show you. You've, you've had the argument, somebody called time out, and you want to make some I feel statements, take turns doing that, um, but you don't know how you feel. That's the purpose of this meditation. So let's, uh, gosh, while you do this, you could even... Uh, recall a time recently that you had a vehement disagreement, uh, an emotionally charged argument or discussion with somebody that you loved. Pull on a real-world experience, or if you want, you could think of a hypothetical. But close your eyes now, providing you're in an appropriate place, and it's a good time for you to do this. Put down the chainsaw or pull over to the side of the road, <laughs> if that's what you need to do. And close your eyes and relax. Take a couple of nice, slow, deep breaths, pulling in strength and power. And as you exhale, feel the letting go. Feeling very, very safe. Safe and relaxed. Muscles unwinding. You can actually feel create and sense, feel the tension falling away. Feel yourself softening slowly like butter on a warm day, yielding, feeling so safe and relaxed. If you'd like to visualize a paradise, a beautiful place of perfect peace, do that wherever you happen to be, and awaken all of your imaginary senses. See the blue sky and the white puffy clouds. See the greens, the various colors of green, shades and the hues of the trees and the shrubbery and the grasses. Splashes of color, wildflowers. Allow my voice to go with you. And yet, Notice how easily you could imagine hearing birds singing, the wind and tree. Imagining yourself wandering, meandering through this place of perfect peace, as if there's no place you'd rather be, nowhere else you need to be. And time sort of stands still. As you sit upon the earth, find one particular spot, maybe beside some water, a little stream or a lake, or maybe a shady spot in an otherwise warm, sunny meadow. Or you might be deep in a dark, 
enchanted forest or a magical glen or a place with a beautiful panoramic view wherever you find yourself sit upon the earth feel yourself connected to the earth and recall the specific feelings that you wish to work on if you've just had an argument, they'll be fresh. They'll be right here. Since we're learning how to do this and practicing right now, you could think of a time when you felt hurt or upset. Misunderstood. Really misunderstood. I mean, beyond being hurt or angry or upset. Feel the misunderstanding that you're not being heard and understood. Recall a specific incident not so long ago when you felt this way with your spouse, your partner, significant other, a parent, a child, someone you love dearly, and they just didn't understand you. Well, maybe because you don't understand you, and maybe you don't understand them very well because maybe they're not really in touch with who they are. Maybe both of us have been so busy with you are that just now we're coming in touch with what I feel and feel your feelings and reflect upon them sit with them now I often in my own life and with friends and clients and students will suggest a dialogue that you imagine your emotions as a character as someone who's very wise, a sage, a guardian angel, a spirit guide comes to you, or even an earthly creature that in some way represents those feelings. And it could be a character, an individual, a being, a presence of some sort that you actually visualize or just go with the feeling in your body and ask that feeling what do you say about me? What are you telling me about me? Now that's the secret. And listen and feel. Do that now as I remain quiet and until you hear my voice in just a few moments given the particular situation that you're using as an example, something pending or something from not that long ago, reflect on it to learn how to fill in the blank after I feel. What is? What are these feelings saying about you? They've been stimulated by another, but they're evoked from within. These are your feelings. Remember this instance. Let this feeling come forward tell you something about yourself. I feel this way because. And you can respond silently and internally with tell me more. 
gently, quietly, and let your feelings reveal themselves. They will speak to you. They can take you places and show you things. Let it unfold effortlessly. Allow it to have its way with you. Tell me more about my feelings in this situation. Ask yourself, is there a big growth lesson for me here? Is there a a concept or a principle about the way I view my life that I could understand better? Tell me more. Is there a lesson for me? What is that personal growth lesson that I can remember next time I'm in a similar situation and and I, I I feel similarly, I feel pretty much the way I'm feeling right now. How can I remember and use, draw upon what I'm learning here right now? Tell me more. is not purposeful thought. This is not analysis. This is allowing your feelings to have their way with you. Surrendering, if you will, to yourself. This is not about surrendering to others. This is surrendering to yourself. Let your feelings bloom and blossom and reveal their innermost beauty to you, even if the feelings are so-called negative, hurtful feelings. If you've just got a lot of anger and rage and can't seem to get past that, remember that all anger, all rage, all acting out is hurt. Find the hurt and the anger. Why does it hurt you so much? Yes. Yeah, go to that. I know it's a little scary. Go there, deeper, into the hurt. That you might better understand the hurt. And bypass the need for it to hurt so much to get your attention. The more you know about the hurt, the less it hurts. Tell yourself these insights will be easy to remember. Imagine yourself now expressing them, something that may happen a few minutes from now or a few hours from now. Just imagine yourself later in the world expressing to the person you've been arguing with these I feel statements. Well, you know what I realized when I closed my eyes and relaxed was that these feelings, even though you did them to me, they're my feelings. They came out of me. And what I learned about myself is that I feel that's because I've always felt, maybe. What I've learned about myself is 
imagine your partner sitting with you and understanding. And they don't agree, and you don't need them to agree. How could they agree with your feelings? How could they even argue with this vulnerability, this quality of truth? And when you're done, and you've really played it out, not as an argument, never once did you say you are, or you always or you never, or you're the one that was all I feel. And now your partner is playing that back to you and saying to you, you know, I, I, I don't agree with this stuff, but if I understand it, you feel this way and this way and this way, so that you feel heard and understood. And maybe your partner even finishes. Imagine your partner saying, I can understand how you'd feel that way. And experience now the feeling of being in a relationship with somebody who, whose sense of arguing is not to win, but to acknowledge how you feel and to say, I can understand how you feel that way. Oh, drink that in, soak that up, let every cell in your body feel imbued with the love that comes from being understood by somebody who loves you enough and who cares enough to understand and to actually play it back free from any pride feel the coming together even though we don't agree we may, we'll probably never agree on this ha <laughs> ha isn't that great I don't need you to agree if I know you understand me first I have to understand myself first and every situation that I might have I feel statements to share with you so that you can play them back to me and then we'll reverse roles and then you'll be the listener as they share their process I'd like you to imagine as we conclude this getting imagery exercise and you can repeat this, of course. That's why I'm teaching you to do it. I want you to repeat it. And it can go much longer than I'm allowing you to go. Now, you could do this for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or you may get what you want in three or four minutes. But you can always repeat the exercise on this or some other set of feelings. But as we conclude this particular exercise, Tell yourself it'll be easy to remember. And you've already imagined yourself in the process that will follow. I can do that. Say to yourself, I can do that. that, that that'll, that'll be easy to remember, and it'll be simple, and it might be challenging. It might not be easy to do, easy to remember, maybe not easy to do, but it really is simple enough. I'm going to give up winning for understanding. I don't need to be right. I want to be understood, and the best way to facilitate that is to offer understanding to my partner without judgment, to give what it is you wish to receive. The golden rule, the cornerstone of civilization is to treat people the way you'd like to be treated. This is love. 
And so take a nice, slow, deep breath, filling your lungs with strength and power, and as you exhale slowly, imagine yourself coming toward the sound of my voice, just reorienting yourself toward the waking state. Remember where you are, the chair, the sofa, the pillow you may be sitting on, the bed you're laying on, and as it feels right for you and you're ready, open your eyes, wide awake and alert, feeling rested and refreshed, and remembering all of the insight and understanding that you got about you. <laughs> you. We don't do these exercises to understand others, but to know thyself, to be true to yourself. The ancient Greeks, know thyself. Shakespeare, to thine own self be true, and then as the day follows the night, you cannot be false to another if you're true to yourself. Make it about you. It's one of the hardest lessons in all personal and spiritual growth is to transcend the fear that it would be selfish for you to be self-centered. Self-centered can be an enlightened quality of self-interest and self-identity and self-centered, free from egotism or protecting that self. It's not selfish to put yourself first. Remember the example I always give about the oxygen mask on the airplane, and they always have to tell you every single flight, if these air masks should fall, put yours on first uh, before you help other people. They don't, you know, that's not a selfish thing to do. It's take care of yourself so that you have something to offer other people. That's what this whole process is about. Okay. And then there's one more thing I want to add to this. Um, you may find this insufficient or inadequate. You may say, well, okay, I'm thinking that uh, after we have a successful heart talk and all of this works, we've still got this outstanding dispute. What are we going to do? Well, the funny thing is 85, 90% of the time, you don't have an outstanding dispute. The dispute was not what you were arguing about, but the way you were arguing, you see. And you've resolved the dispute with love and understanding and respect. And you can continue to disagree because you understand your feelings. And you don't need the other person to agree because you know they understand your feelings too. You've just shared them. Now, sometimes a compromise needs to be made, but you've come to a place where it's much easier to compromise because you took the emotional charge of not feeling heard and understood off of the situation. Okay, let's say the dispute is over money. The two big arguments in most marriages are sex and money. Okay, they're control issues. We're trying to get control. Uh, another topic for another day control. Big, big issue. Well, let's take a hypothetical example. Let's say I like to live hand to mouth. I spend my money as fast as I get it. You want to save some money for a rainy day. You think I'm being uh, reckless. All right. Well, we've already had this heart talk. Now we both feel heard and understood. We still disagree. What are we going to do about this? Okay. Well, let's compromise. How much would 
How much would you like to have in the bank to feel good? Okay, well, I feel like we don't need a savings account at all. You want to have $10,000 in there for a rainy day or in case something happens. We get sick or, you know, uh, some other problem. We'll split the difference. How about coming down in the middle? How about if we save $5,000? Since I don't care about this at all, and you have a very high number on it, you care a great deal about it. You want ten grand? How about five? Okay. Or um, you think that I'm too strict with the kids, and I think you're raising a bunch of sissies, and I don't like your parenting. Well, let's find a balance in the middle. But I think the vast majority of situations, you'll find that so easy to do once the emotional charge is taken off. We're not arguing about what we think we're arguing about. What we're arguing about is the insulting and demeaning style of our argumentation. And once we refine that and lift it from thoughts to feelings, from you are to I feel, okay, everything changes. And I think you'll find that's what you're arguing about. It started with a little seed of discontent and disagreement, but it became about the fact that you're telling me about me and you're wrong. And I'm telling you about you and I don't really know about you and my job is not to tell you how to drive and your job is to tell me how to drive. Okay? Let's make these I feel statements in most cases, that's what the disagreement is about. And it's over. It's done. We agree to disagree. Okay. Acknowledgement, my friends, is, is this is a philosopher's stone. This is a quality of love. The philosopher's stone, you understand, is love. The magic is love. Love is many things. It's truth. It's consciousness. It's kindness and gratitude and generosity and patience and the willingness to understand others. It's largely a receptive state, but among all of the different things that love is, certainly it's understanding, celebrating, understanding and acknowledging that over some sort of need to be right, which will always separate you. If you want to be right, you will be alone. You will be right, but you will be alone. If you want to cuddle, if you like hugs, if you want to sleep with somebody, you got to celebrate understanding first you and then the other person. It's got to come in that order. First understanding your feelings that you might then be able to listen to another person's feelings. That's the antidote. That's the magic. That's the philosopher's stone that lifts this lead to gold, this water to wine. Okay? That's it. All right, let me check the questions and comments once more, see if there's anything urgent or pending. Guess not. Um, but very nice turnout today. Thank you so much for being with us. And watch your emails again. We'll send you, usually every Friday, you'll get an invitation to one of these with a unique web link to that event. You can't bookmark this. What you're bookmarking is this event. You come back here six months from now, you'll hear a replay of this event. So every email, every week, you'll get it usually on a Friday. We'll have the unique web link.
to that week's event. You can visit before. You can come during. That's ideal, just before the 1 o'clock Sunday event. You can come afterwards. And remember, you'll find the archive on my website, michaelbenner.com or theagelesswisdom.com. If you're not getting the email for any reason, just go there. Click on homepage to go inside, um, and, and then click on the web teleconference. Or to have a friend sign up, all they have to do is go to the website, and on the front page it says free newsletter. You can sign up there, too. Okay, And you can forward your emailed invitations to other people. Lastly, and in some ways more important, most importantly, well, certainly of equal importance, maybe more, the, the, the podcast, the premium podcast that Steve and I are doing, Finding Yourself in Paradise, is a conversation. There, there are no other personal or spiritual development uh, audio programs or tapes or CDs or classes where there's two people chatting. And you get to listen in on their conversation, whether it's Tony Robbins or Stephen Covey or Richard Allen or or, or uh, Brian Tracy or whoever. It's usually one guy talking at you. All right. I think you really like the format. And Steve and I, you know, we're having conversation. We used to call this idea the living room tapes. And for ninety nine cents a week, <laughs> boy. Uh, we haven't. I don't think we've had a single unsubscribe yet. We've been doing it for what five or six months now. So um, check it out. Ninety nine cents a week. Build. We bill you monthly at three ninety six to your ATM card, your credit card, your debit card, uh, and uh, focuspassion dot com is the site. Now you can just click on that button right in front of you that says Wage Inner Peace Now, and you can go there. Wage Inner Peace Now, and that'll take you right to the site. You see a little video of me and Steve here in Maui. You can listen to some samples, uh, A Taste of Paradise. You can find out what a podcast is if you're an old-timer like me and not all clear on this new web stuff. It's an incredibly democratic way to share content. And since I'm no longer on the radio and Radio and TV is owned by fewer and fewer people manipulating the flow of information. Thank goodness we have our telephones and we have our webs. So join us every Sunday when you can at 1 o'clock Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern for this event. Okay? And again, if your email gets lost or you don't know what you did with it or you're not receiving it from me or it's going into your spam folder, you can whitelist it. But you can always go to the website, michaelbenner.com or theagelesswisdom.com. Click on homepage and web teleconference. You'll see the upcoming event, and you'll see the archive of the last events. Usually Friday is the day that we send out the email and, and post the uh, link for the upcoming event every Sunday. Okay. So thanks very much for being with us. I hope you have a blessed day and a wonderful week, and we'll make it a point to join us next Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Pacific time. And as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. From Maui, Hawaii, this is Michael Benner. Aloha.